today's episode, we look back at the exciting results of the Champions League round of 16. Then we take a look at the Premier League where the title race is starting to heat up, man. Three horse race. All this plus so much more on an all new episode of Bruise and Banter that starts right now. So what are you drinking, man? Okay. Okay. So, fun story. Just went into the fridge, looking around. We have a little hidden bottom shelf on the door of our fridge. And I just went in, and I found this little thing here. Uh, It's Cascadian Outfitters Estate Bubbles from Columbia Valley. I guess this is a uh, white wine blend, (laughs) but it's sparkling white wine. But it has a fun Sasquatch holding a wine glass, so... Interesting. How I'm curious how you like this. I've never had it before. So, and usually I don't like white wine at all. So Bubbly be... wine. I'm curious if it's going to be like a seltzer or more like wine. It almost tastes like champagne, but with a um, very buttery white wine aftertaste. So, I like the beginning. If I was to chug this, this would be great. But once I get to the aftertaste, it's it's a no go for me. Dog. It's a no go. No. So yeah. we got to know, man. Out of ten, nah for me, dog. Nah, thumbs down. It's no, it's no for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see if uh, mine's any better. Mine is. I hope so, because that can is awesome. It is a great notion hazy IPA. Ooh, spicy seven percent out of uh, this is out of Portland, Oregon. And so I was just looking at this can, which you can see there if you're on our. YouTube, yeah, if you hold you it right there, right to. there, you can you can see it. The glare so, doesn't quite get to it. Yeah, so there's like a cougar, Washington, Washington State Cougars, Washington Huskies. Is that the Oregon Beavers? The Ducks. Oregon Beavers. The Ducks. Stanford Cardinal, and their mascot's a tree, and then the Cal's Golden Bears. Yeah, sweet. I I I picked it up looking at the cougar, the Washington State <laughs> Cougar. I was like, why is this cougar wearing a maroon jersey? That, and, and, and then has I was a like, "Number on its sleeve." Yeah, it has Weird. a number. And then I looked at the the husky that I thought was a wolf originally, and was like, "Oh, that one's wearing purple I and mean, also has a number." I mean, as a dog, it's the closest thing you can get to a wolf. So it is. You're not wrong. Well, let's you're see. not really wrong either. <laughs> let's see how this hazy IPA is. I have not had this before. That is pretty good. Um, a little yeah, bit. I would hope so. You spend that much on the the branding on the can it should it has to be good right yeah it's a little bit hoppier up front and then it kind of smooths out in the middle Mm. and and then the aftertaste is really good not too hoppy more of that hazy flavor there if that's a flavor hazy i don't know citrus citrus it's it's not a strong citrus though it's super mild so if you're not into that citrusy fruity floral yeah hazy ipas this does not have that so it'd be good for the people who like that would drink again. I'm going to give this man a solid, like, I'll give it a eight. Okay. What, what I'm going to give mine drinking again. 5.5. But if I'm really trying to get drunk, this is 13.1%. Oh. Um, if I'm trying to get drunk, I will put this in a, a beer bong and chug it all day. <laughs> <laughs> or you shotgunning. Either one. Yeah. So. 
And now, a word from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Acorn Hills Clothing Company. Sustainable clothing, biodegradable packaging, tree planted for every purchase, and a percentage of their sales donated to charities. Yeah, and that's not even the best part. They give you these plantable clothing tags with every purchase. Pretty much greatest idea ever. You just scan awesome. the QR code right here for planning instructions. So make sure you go to www.acornhillsco.com and use Bruise15, that is B-R-E-W-S-1-5 at checkout for 15% off and have your tree planted today. Yes, don't forget to use our code, Bruce15 at checkout for 15% off. This is one you don't want to miss, guys. So we had the Champions League round of 16, man. Whew! Finally, it's back. This is the, we're at the, you know, the pointy end of the competition. The knockout stages. Let's just dive right into it. We had Copenhagen hosting Man City. Copenhagen lost 3-1. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> I will much. give Copenhagen credit though. They played pretty well in that first half. Yeah. Yeah, the they did. The rest of the match City destroyed them. It's Man City. Good luck yeah. Copenhagen. We we said this earlier like, "Oh, we're sorry." Yeah. Feel bad. Yeah. A game that was a little closer though. We had RB Leipzig hosting Real Madrid. Yeah, and this one you can really see how much Real Madrid misses Jude Bellingham when he's not on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, you do. They did not look efficient going forward. They didn't look very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, I guess threatening is a good one. On the attack, RB Leipzig did great on the counter. I thought at first look, they got robbed for the goal they scored. They got called offside. Oh, that one that, yeah. I thought, and then they showed the the replay from a different angle, and like he's clearly blocking the goalkeeper. So I was like, "Ah, okay. Whatever. Yeah, that that was the call. He made a play, I guess, on the goalkeeper, and so, goalie couldn't see nothing. I, I get it. So, but I guess my I got a question for you: Would the goalie have gotten there anyway? No, no way in hell. But if if a, he blocks a if he blocks the goalkeeper from seeing the ball, I understand why they he didn't stop him from seeing because he was behind the goalkeeper and kind of prevented him from trying to get to the ball, yeah. is what it was. But I don't think he would have got there anyway. I, I get by the letter of the law, yes, it's the correct call, but I don't like it. <laughs> no, I don't like it either. I don't have to like it because, I mean, we always want to see more goals. But, I mean, the goalie's not going to get there. Come on. Well, yeah, and you think how if they counted that, how much this would have turned that leg on its head. Oh, right? yeah. So it would have put Leipzig up 1-0 at home against Real Madrid, who are struggling to threaten the goal. And now you go back to the Bernabeu, and they get Jude Bellingham back. In the second leg. And by the way, I was looking at his stats for some weird reason, but he's only scored two goals less than Erling Holland this season in all competitions. That's how crazy he is as a midfielder. We're talking about comparing him to the one of the best strikers in the world, but someone who is consistently getting the best service in the world. It's and then Jude Bellingham at 20 years old. Missing. Early Holland, that is, yeah. Crazy. But let's talk about Real Madrid's goal, because this was a golazo, man. Golazo from Brahim Diaz. 
take a bow, dribbles. Take a bow. Going one past one defender, two defender, three defender, four. Curls <laughs> into that top corner. I mean, it was just. I haven't. Kiss, I haven't. Beautiful. I don't think I've ever seen him do that in his entire career. I know he has <laughs> it in him, but because I've seen him, you know, when he was on loan at AC Milan last yeah. season, I saw it. We saw him dribble through numerous. Yeah, and he would score one. some goals, but not like that. Not I mean, that like was, that. Paul, whoo, Chef's kiss. Like that. It looked like he had Messi in him for yeah. a split yeah. second, dribbling past those players and curling it. The ghost of Messi was just right there for a second i don't know that was wild we'll see if he can continue that form i mean he hasn't been doing terrible coming off the bench putting in some performances some goals here assists there it's what real madrid needs because you look at their starting lineup and their midfield gets all the attention but they have no reinforcements up front so to have him in form is fantastic for them yes yes it is all right, moving on. We had PSG hosting Real Sociedad. This one ended 2-0 in favor of PSG. I know. We were both rooting for Sociedad in this one. I know. I was. I was watching this game, man, and just they played so well the first half. It was nil and did. They deserved to be in it after the first half, and then Kylian Mbappe said, hold my beer. He did. He had his goal, and then Barcolo had his goal, which was a nice one, by the it way. It was. Yeah. And he's also just a kid. I think he's 19. 20? Yeah, yeah, 19, 20, yeah. something like that. Yep. Yeah. But Sociedad, man, they're struggling for goals of late. Mm-hmm. I think it was like five of their last six games were nil-nil draws. I think I, I saw it was like it was yeah. like a thousand minutes or something like that. Yeah, something so crazy. ridiculous. But we never know, right? They got Kubo back from the, the Asian Cup. Well, he played in um, this game. He didn't do he much. Did, but... At home, after a couple of games under his belt, getting back to the you know thick of things, I think it might be a completely different tie in Sociedad with them being able to just go all out trying to get the win. They're going to have to. Cause they have or it'll be the other way around, and PSG will just literally destroy them on the counter. That'll, that'll be what it is. It looks like our pick of Sociedad is uh, going to fall short on this one, I, I think, unfortunately. Yeah. I will still root for them, but... But I will say, speaking of falling short, oh. Lazio and Bayern Munich. <laughs> <laughs> Bayern Munich has sucked so bad lately. Like, oh my so goodness. bad. Let's go on a oh. Bayern Munich tangent here. because Yeah, let's do it. So oh, we'll start with this game. They lost to Lazio in Rome. I mean, failed. was it a shot on target they failed to get? I think they had one, maybe. One? It was just a terrible but performance. Harry Kane has some terrible disappointed. misses. Upa Meccano. Upa McGuire showing up yeah. with I a think, red card in this one. I think, honestly, I think it will help them in the second leg not having him. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think it was a red card, though? No. No, I, I didn't, didn't either. I thought it was like, <laughs> so it was one of those like, okay, that's a harsh red, but like, ooh, that's a stern yellow. Like, that's yeah. an orange card territory. Yeah. I, I would have been like, give him a yellow and then berate him a little bit. <laughs> like, don't go. give him a red. Like, come on. I mean, he steps on the guy's foot. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But it's not high. I mean, it, it's no. foot, maybe low ankle, I guess is what I'd classify it. But it wasn't red card worthy i don't think i don't know that's just was it was it that's the defender in me was it 
worse or I, I don't want to say better because that's not a good word for it or less bad than Marcus Rashford's red. I think it was less bad than Rashford's. And we, again, didn't think that one was a red either. So if it's less bad than Rashford's, it's definitely not a red. Just saying. Yeah. And then but news. Holy crap. News holy of two. Crap. News of Tuchel? Yeah, stepping down at the end of the season. Is it, is it the worst managerial move of all time to fire Nagelsmann and replace him with Tuchel? Tuchel, Tuchel, Tuchel. Whatever. Too bad for him because he's gone. <laughs> I know. It's like Nagelsmann has a much better record just because he struggled for a little tiny bit. He still won the league, which Tuchel is probably not going to do. At this point, it's, it doesn't. Which so we'll, brings we'll me into, back. We'll brings me that. back to them getting absolutely annihilated by Bayer Leverkusen. <laughs> so yes, that game happened a couple weeks ago. First versus second, you're thinking, okay, Bayern Munich, this is your chance to yeah, make some at ground. Least, at least you would think it would be close. But look, what was going on with their lineup, dude? They spent how many million on Bowie, the right back from Galatasaray? Was it twenty or thirty million? 30, I think. Hey, here's an idea. We're going to play him at left back when we have Rafael Guerrero. Because that makes total sense. I roll. I mean, why would they play a right back at left back when they have I Guerrero? Mean, you're better off playing Alfonso Davies over there. I, I well, I think he was, he's was he been out hurt. He's, he's been out injured. I'm but just he, saying. You still have Rafael Guerrero. I mean, he was a fantastic left back for Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, but in a completely different system. Complete well, system didn't work at all yeah. against Pyre Leverkusen. And then to compound it, they go lose to Bochum the next week. And they are now eight points eight, back eight points of Pyre back. Leverkusen. Yeah. I saw this quote and I absolutely loved it. It was, they brought Tuchel to Bayern and Tuchel turned Bayern into Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> and then they bought Harry Kane to turn him into Spurs. <laughs> And then brought in Eric Dyer to make it even worse. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is this Harry Kane curse like alive and well? Because it looks like I it mean, is, man. At, at this point with what we've seen and them losing to Lazio in the first leg of the Champions League, it has to be. Right? The only competition that they could possibly win right now with the way that Bayer Leverkusen are playing is the Champions League. Yeah. And they're probably going to get knocked out of that, if not this round, the next round, because of they're, the way they're playing right now. They're playing terrible right now. I mean, like, this defense. is worse. This is worse than what right before Nagelsmann got fired. Oh, it is. It is. I mean, their so defense, much. Kim and Jay, is he like one of the worst signings of the season? The guy looks like a shadow of his former self. I think a lot of it is there's a language barrier there. There has to be. Because we saw how good he was. I mean, I get it, right? Victor Osiman hasn't reached the heights he did last season, this season. But at the same time, it's like, if you can do that consistently for a season, we know the skill is there. There has to be another issue there. So is it a Tuchel? Could very well be. It could be both, for that matter. I just, I think there's something there fundamentally. It's not... Him as a player, I think it's either communication or the system or both. Or is it their midfield with Kimmich, Goretzka in there? Yeah, we, we saw the reaction from Kimmich when he got subbed off. <laughs> yes. I think there's definitely a fire there between Tuchel and Kimmich. 
I just, yeah, I mean, he was the linchpin for Nagelsmann. Tuchel's pretty much created an, him as an afterthought. I don't, I don't understand why. He's one of the best midfielders in the world. This Bayern Munich team, do you think they'll be able to turn it around against Lazio? I think they they should. Will they? I, I think with Lazio's form this season, I'd probably say yeah. But like, barely. I'm going to say they do. I'm going to say they yeah. turn it around at the Allianz and make it through to the quarterfinals. I don't think so, too. But speaking of another German team, they went to uh, Eindhoven to play PSV, where they drew 1-1. This was a this was one of my low-key games I, I watched. I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this one over the other one. This was my low-key game to watch. <clears throat> yeah. It was. And I will say, I did not expect Dortmund to bully around PSV the way they did. But at the same time, I didn't expect PSV to miss so many clear-cut chances by like such a wide margin like you have the goal and then you have the 10 yards outside of the goal in all directions and that's about where they were shooting the whole <laughs> match i didn't understand it at all yeah i noticed it like especially uh because you know i was sp- paying close attention to back Ayoko, youngster mm-hmm. on the wing and it's like he would I, do everything right dribble wise create the opportunity and then his shot would just be absolute garbage man it was yeah. just like Oh my gosh, what are you doing? I'm not creating excuses for him, but I did hear that he just recovered from the flu and he didn't actually expect him to start, but he did. I'm not creating excuses as a player that young and that good. You should still be able to hit the target. When he does the dribbling part well, but then can't shoot. Like, okay, come on. Yeah. That's not the flu. But speaking of wingers, Daniel Mollen, man. Is he a winger? He's more of a forward at this point, man. He played on the wing for PSV when he played there before going to Dortmund, but he looked inspired in this match against the former side, getting their only goal. Guy was taking shots from everywhere. Everywhere. And they were quality shots, too. 45 yards out, whatever. Have a hit. Yeah, whatever. But yeah, it was fascinating to watch this match, man. And Schlotterbach getting a yellow to miss the next leg, I think is going to be a huge miss for Dortmund. I think so. Yeah. And then how about that that penalty call, though? How bad was that? Ah, that was not a penalty, man. That was not a penalty. (laughs) Notice how I didn't ask you if it was a penalty. I just asked how bad was that That was a bad one. (laughs) With VAR, how do you see that? He gets the ball. how How do you not see that or how do you miss that i don't understand i do feel like jamie Carragher gave a good explanation of it um on the after you know the analysis part of it there on the champions league show like what's the defender supposed to do he makes a slide tackle he can't stop sliding and so yes the player runs into him but after he got the ball i mean come on yeah 100 percent. and then you know there's those tackles where okay you you get the ball but you go through the player type of situation this one he got the play the ball and then Went into the player, so he got the ball first before the player. Yeah. Bad call. I didn't like it. Bad call. What do you guys think? Let us know on our socials, uh, Bruise FC on Instagram, our Facebook, Facebook group, our YouTube channel. Let us da- know down below. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, hit that notification bell, and then let us know on our TikTok, uh, Bruise Banter FC on there. So. We're all over the place, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mentally and physically. There you go. 
let's move on to like honestly i thought this was probably one of the biggest games of this round i would say biggest yes the two biggest teams facing off i would say it was inter hosting atletico madrid ended one nil in favor of inter how this game it? was so much more wide open than I thought it would be. I thought this it, would be a defensive chess match and the ball, like they're it's like a basketball game. It's back and forth the whole game. I will say yeah. Inter did dominate a little bit more, but they deserve their win, I will say. So this is one I had to watch the highlights mm-hmm. of, and I expected the highlights honestly be like two minutes long. Mm-hmm. Or a, a minute of it is just showing yellow like cards to players. Minutes, I think. <laughs> yeah. But yes, it was much more open than I thought. And it, you know, the highlights showed Marcus Taram, man, looks like a stud for free. Yeah. Inter got for him free. for free. For free. He looks what good. And then Marco the goal Arnatovich. score. The goal yeah. score. Marco Turning back the years. Came on for the injured Marcus Taram at halftime. And I will put an asterisk next to him turning back the years because he did miss quite a few sitters he in this one. Terrible ones too. But he he at least put one away. He got one. Uh, and then speaking of inter forwards, man, is look Taro Martinez the most complete forward in the world right now? No. Like offense and defense. I'm not saying just finishing and like all the aspects of a forward. I'm saying all around game. No. Because watching him play defense in this match, he's better than most forwards I've seen play defense. So I also have, he's one of those players, man, that for some reason, like, I want to like, but I don't. You can't. I don't like (laughs) Lautaro Martinez, man. I've seen him be so terrible in so many situations. Like, don't get me wrong. He's played well. Like, he's playing well right now. Um, Yeah. The last time Inter won the Scudetto. Yeah. Last time Inter won the Scudetto, he was fantastic when he had Lukaku as his partner. But I just, I feel like he's almost like Marcus Rashford, where he, he has his high highs and then he has his lows. Like he's he's a roller coaster man. I, I I think I would compare him more to Victor Osman than Marcus Rashford, because Osman goes on like tears of goals, right? A little bit more consistent, though, than Lotaro Martinez. But Marcus Rashford, you look at his stats this season. I mean, Lotaro Martinez in a bad year has over 20 goals. Rashford in a bad year has less than 10. You think Lotaro Martinez on his bad year has 20 goals? Yeah, he's got over 20 goals right now. Well, I, I, don't get me wrong, because he's, he's having a good, a yeah. good year for sure. Yeah. But I guess you're not wrong. I mean, his worst year was 2018-19. He scored six. Okay. And 27 appearances in Serie A. And he's kind of consistently gone up. So, like, in 2019-20, he scored 14 goals and 35 appearances. 17 goals the year after that. And then 21-21. And now he's at 20. So, don't get me wrong. Yes, this year, he has been... I guess you know who I would kind of compare him to? Is Lacazette. Okay. Lacazette would kind of hover about that 20 goals in all competitions situation. But, you know, not one of the – I wouldn't say he was one of the best strikers in in his league. No. Uh, I mean, Lacazette, too. I I understand that, right? Lacazette was a great defender uh, as well. I'm going to contradict myself, though, because I do think Letaro Martinez is one of the best strikers in Serie A. 
Yes. I mean, he is. I mean, his numbers show that. I can't argue with that. But I guess I just, as a player, especially when he plays for Argentina, I think, I think that's where I don't like him. When he plays for Argentina. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different system. He misses a lot of sitters. He's not very good. I understand. That's why so Julian I, Alvarez will probably start over him in the next World Cup. But, you know, whatever. Why, why he started over him in the final. Yeah. All right, man. Well, let's move on to a game that broke our hearts. It was Porto hosting Arsenal. Porto won one nil. Give me your yeah. thoughts. Well, first, I'm going to go positives and not about Arsenal. Okay. <laughs> about the player you picked, your favorite player? Uh, the player, player I picked who is, has the most <laughs> goal contributions in the Champions League right now in Galeno. He's going to get a big move this summer. There's no way he's staying at Porto because this man is electrifying. Although I will say there were parts of this match where he disappeared, but I think that was more because the way Arsenal were playing and not because of the way that Porto were playing. Pretty much the entire second half. He disappeared. He did until he hit a golazo at the end. 94th minute. 94th minute. Pretty much the last kick of the game. There was like 20 seconds left in the game. Out of nowhere. He's like, yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to hit this and hits a banger into the far corner. Like, okay. But yeah, that's five goals in the Champions League for him. He's got four assists, nine goal contributions, most in the Champions League right now. And then we get to Arsenal. I had to start with something positive before I got into everything negative, right? <laughs> there we go. Okay, give, give, give looks, me the negative. Give me the negative. Well, you remember that spell in December right around Christmas where Arsenal looked sluggish, poor, couldn't score. Couldn't really score. Well, in this game, not only that, they didn't get a single shot on target. For a team that had 73% possession. Oh, yeah, they totally. That my mind. They so were so bad going forward. It I know we're in the Arsenal jersey, but I'll say I did not watch this game. I was watching the other one, the Napoli-Barcelona. But I can tell you how this game went. I've just... Without even having to watch it. As an Arsenal fan, I've seen this 100,000 times. 100,000 times. They have possession, and they're just hovering right there outside the 18, but not really creating anything. And then, oh, wait, the team gets a counterattack, and they almost get the the death, and they lose. Weird. Uh, Where'd that come from? Yeah. I will say, though, as much as Arsenal played badly, they did not deserve to win anything from this match. I'm going to say that before I finish this statement, okay? Okay. I have not seen a ref call a game like this in a long time as the as I watched this whole entire travesty of a match for Arsenal. <laughs> what did the ref do, man? Not a single player were really allowed to touch each other. It's like literally they touched each other except for on set plays on corners where it was like, how many people are going to end up on the ground before he, I did see that at the, the corner kicks, man. Like Ben white was just getting wrestled in there and he's wrestling the guy who's Arsenal. I think, I think Arsenal had 10 or 11 corners in the match and at least three people were on the floor every single time. But during play, if anyone touched anyone like hand on the shoulder, on the back, a little bit physical ref immediately called for a foul. I haven't seen it. Any football match called like this in a long time, I'm not saying this is why Arsenal lost because it's not. They lost because of themselves and how poorly they played and a little bit of brilliance from Porto. But still, this is full-grown men. Full-grown men. They should be able to be a little physical with each other. Just saying. 
how do you feel about David Raya's positioning on that uh, goal? Uh, I think he jumped too early, and he was a little too far out of his goal. Yes. I think he was a little too far out, yes. I think the jumping a little too early was the biggest part because he was on his way down when the ball went over his hand. So, Well, do you think but they'll yeah. turn it around at the Emirates? I do. It's the Emirates. No matter how much pressure you have, it's a fortress. Porto has to travel. It's a long ways. And it's the Emirates. I, I think probably 3-0 Arsenal in the second leg. Okay, let's hope so, man. Yeah. All right. Napoli hosted Barcelona. And you said this, you're going to flip a coin? Flip yeah, a coin. Well, it landed on its side. So <laughs> this one ended 1 1. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know you watched the whole match, but I will add that Barca looked the better team by far. They did. They For, did look the better what, team. 70 minutes ish till Osman got his goal out of nothing. And then after that, it was back and forth. But. Barcelona looked better side. But how about this midfield lineup? Andreas Christensen at the base of the midfield. For Barcelona, man. You never at, know what this, this Barcelona midfield I don't even remember who is on their bench at this point because they have signed so many players, and I don't know who is going to be in the squad and not in the squad. But they like I mean, half of them are awful, and half of them are good. So... So I don't want to be Gattuso again, lineup. but sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. They, I mean, they started out, Rafinha was on the bench, João Felix was on the bench. I mean, start Andreas Christensen as your defensive midfielder when you got Romeo sitting on your bench. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that sounds like a no-brainer to me, just to start Christensen over Romeo. But it's still, it's, it's weird. You, you don't know what you're going to get with this uh, Barcelona team. You don't. But, I mean, the two prolific strikers, they get their goal. Lewandowski, as you mentioned, Victor Osaman. And yeah, I mean, we'll see how, how it goes in the second leg. I do think Barca will edge them just watching this game. Yeah, it'll be Barca at home as well, which will make this match completely different, right? Napoli yeah. this season in Serie A have not been good away from home. They've not been good at all in Serie A. I mean, yes, but they've been much worse away from home. And a Barcelona side that's generally very good at home. I think Barcelona probably will edge this one. And I do think a little bit has to do with uh, Napoli firing Walter Mazzari before this match. Uh, 48 hours before this match, to be precise. And then hiring Slovakia boss Francesco, or Francesco Calzona and ha- having him have one practice with the squad before the match. And he also changed formation and tactics, so... Yeah, not, it's their third, third manager this season. Not third terrible to get a draw, though. No. Barca. No, actually, it's pretty damn good, uh, especially with one practice under your belt. But we'll see. I mean, you got a couple weeks before this second tie happens. Yes. So. They are missing Luciano Spalletti. That's all I can they say. They are. Uh, but I do have a question for you. Okay. In lieu of them hiring their third manager this season, is Napoli a bigger mess than Barcelona this season? as both teams did win their titles last season. Oh, so here's, I guess what I'll say. I will say Napoli are much further off this season than they were last season than Barca are. Just, I mean, you can see them in City. Oh, they're not doing well. They're, (laughs) 
I don't even remember. I don't even know what place. I have to pull up what place they're in. Yeah, I, I think last time I saw they were in what fifth, seventh, somewhere in there. Not good. Anyway, not good. They're not doing good in City. Barca, they're you know Barca are in a Champions League place. I I think it's the hardest. Like we said before in a previous episode, you guys should check out on our YouTube socials. Blah blah blah. It's the hardest job to manage, Barcelona. You are expected to play a certain lay, certain way. You're expected to win trophies. They won two last year, and so I think, I think it's Napoli or worse off, man. Yeah, I I mean I I agree. I, <laughs> I don't have anything else to say about it. I don't. Yeah, that that tangent just to get to <laughs> yeah, Napoli or worse off. <laughs> okay. All right, let's switch gears and head to the Premier League where we have a lot to catch up on because a lot has happened. Yes. So we're just going to go with the good, the bad, the ugly, the dog shit, whatever you want to call it. And we're going to start at the bottom and work our way up with the ugly, a.k.a. the dog shit. We're crawling out of the dog shit. (laughs) Let's start with the black and white striped Newcastle. Oh, man. How, How are they this bad? Ah, they're they're not good. I mean, they're in eighth place. Eighth. They were in fourth last last season. Yeah. Finishing a Champions League spot. They're not playing the best. The injuries, blah, blah, blah. They're they've had their injuries. Everyone has injuries. But I mean, their last few games, man. True to Bournemouth. Beat Forest. Good job. True to Luton. And then it was that big win over at Aston Villa. But they're not Arsenal playing coming up this weekend. And they have Arsenal coming up this weekend where they go to the Emirates. So Yeah. Yeah. Which is you know, statistically it's not been a good place for them to play. So No, they'll they'll be lucky probably to get a draw, I think, at yeah. the Emirates. But yeah, man, they just are not as good as as I they mean, were. They've let in three times more goals than they did the entirety of last season. Is that real? You're saying that's I, real. I, it might be double, but it, it's a lot more than last season. They have 41 goals conceded this season. I don't look. remember last season. I probably so they had 33 too. last season. Okay. Well, still, I mean, that's eight more than they did the entirety of last season with 13 games left to go at the rate they're going. They might be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they have 10 losses, which is a lot more than they had last season as well. So uh, they, yeah, but 10 losses. Yeah. to last year they, they had five. Yeah. And I mean, credit to Eddie Howe, right? When he took over, they were in the relegation scrap. He brought them all the way up into fourth place. Now they're almost a mid table team. I would say a little bit better than a mid-table team, just not showing it. But is he at Newcastle next season with the way they're going? I wouldn't be surprised if he's not. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, what's out there versus what they have, right? If the right opportunity comes around, maybe they feel like it's time, but... I don't know. With the new financial calendar coming around, I think Newcastle can spend a lot more money. I will say that. We'll see. What do you guys think? Let us know on our socials. Yeah, this one will be an interesting one. Again, I guess if you want to look at it as the long view, I mean, they're still up. Like you said, when he took over, 
they were in 18th place. They're now sitting in eighth. And so they're still on the up, still in the top half of the table. So that's still a positive. But compared to last year, that's what we got to look at. Compared to last yeah. year, man, they're not compared doing well. Last year. All right. West Ham United. Are terrible right now, man. They're on a three-game losing streak. They haven't won a game and I don't even know how long. Let me, let me see. When was the last time? Oh, I don't West know. December? December. It was the end of December. Was that the game after the Arsenal match or the Arsenal match? It was the Arsenal match. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, they suck. They do. I mean, yes, I understand last season they were fighting on two fronts. They did win a European competition, but they were struggling with relegation. I think with the squad they have, they should not be a mid-table team. I will say that. The only saving grace is they did well at the beginning of the season because now they're in ninth. But at one mm-hmm. point, they were up to, you know, sixth, fifth, flirting around there, and then they just... <laughs> but these West Ham fans, man, it is apparent at these games when they're <laughs> not doing well that they do not like David Moyes. Could he be in the hot seat? I don't understand why. Without him, they would be nowhere. They would have no trophies. They would not have half the signings they do. Why are you so upset with David Moyes? It's like United fans being upset with David Moyes when he did better than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I don't understand it. I understand you're Manchester United, but this is West Ham we're talking about. Not Manchester United, West Ham United. You thankful for what you got. You thankful he won you a European trophy last season. When was the last time you guys won a trophy before that? Let alone a European trophy. And you think of the players he's brought in. I mean, James Ward Prowse, Mohamed Kudis, Lucas Paqueta. See the form he's got out of Jared Bowen? Yeah, Jared Bowen's right? been flying high. I'm just saying. You got uh Alvarez as well in the midfield. Unwarranted hate, I feel yeah. like, for David Moyes. Hate, 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 hate. Unwarranted. Yeah. Cut it out. Relax, West Ham fans. Speaking of hate towards coaches, Crystal Palace. He gone. They're so bad. Roy Hodgson stepped down. Today. The guy who is Mr. Crystal Palace. As of Crystal this recording, Palace, yes. He stepped down. To be replaced by Oliver Glasner, uh, who apparently I forget who he used to coach, but did win a European trophy with him. I don't, I don't remember who it was, but I mean, this team has two of the most exciting youngsters in all of Europe. One have- solid defender in Mark Gahey, but the rest of the squad is shite. It's straight up Garbo, man. <laughs> and- I mean, they got one win in their last five. They can't beat Everton. They, I mean, their last win again was against guess who? United, Sheffield United. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that wasn't the one I was guessing. But I I'll know. Take it. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Bottom uh, of the league, Sheffield United. That was their last win. I, yeah, I I don't know what's going on, Crystal Palace man. I will under I will say I understand. Elise and Eze have been haven't been able to be healthy at the same time. 
for like for the entire season. Like one game. Yeah. And that was the game against Sheffield. <laughs> Weird. And they were the ones that scored and assisted all the goals. So they did. You're not wrong. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand what is going on there. Yes. It's Roy Hodgson. There's a lot of sentimental value there for Crystal Palace fans, but like, come on. But they're on a slide, man. They're in 15th place. 25 points they're five points above the relegation and the teams below them are quickly catching up quickly speaking of relegation to end our dog shit teams we have burnley and sheffield united (laughs) who are garbage man the way that burnley played against arsenal is the best way to describe it yeah I think that's probably the best way to describe it. It was, it looked like men against boys. I mean, they were so bad. I feel bad for Craig Bellamy, who had to take over for Vincent Company in that match. Oh, for the, yeah, <laughs> against uh, Brighton. <laughs> he took over against Arsenal, too. No, that was Burnley. Or he's, he's, he's at Burnley. You're right. Coach Sorry. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. I felt bad I'm for just, him too. I, I mean, bad for him. so Vincent Company, man, should he leave? Should he go or should he stay? I guess that's the question. Okay, so for me personally, I think he should go. But I think this is, I'm going to make a prediction right now. I think Burnley stick with him and they'll go down and then he will get them back up because he's been proven to do it and very, very well. So, so I here's- think ultimately that's what's going to happen. So I think he should stay because of what you just said. I think yeah. he should stay. I think they'll go down. And I think he brings them back up. And then these players have that. Hopefully he can keep these players that he has. They have this experience. And then they can hopefully stay in the Premier League if you're a Burnley fan. But if they go down and then they stay down, get them out. Yeah. Okay. Let's go on to the other team. Sheffield United. I mean... They're at least not the worst team in the Premier League. So that's something. Ever? In Premier League history? Yeah. Congrats. You don't have that. You have more points than Tarby County did. At 11. Yeah. Not much more, but, you know, they they did pass that bar, which we doubted for a long time. We did doubt that for a minute there. I'm going to say, you know, other than their entire squad, which looks entirely negative, I will say their new signing signing not signings because we haven't seen their other ones they got hurt 50 minutes into their game which was at grubich or whatever that is their new goalie from atletico Madrid. Oh, yeah <laughs> but um the barrington diaz he looks like a stud so you know maybe he his goals are what gets them above burnley but i don't think they're going to get any higher than that otherwise the rest of the team is just i'm sorry you guys garbage garbage <laughs> Speaking of garbage, did you see that Mason Holgate tackle on Carter Matoma? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you did. Is there ever a more obvious red card? Um, no. Maybe Zidane's in the World Cup where he headbutts Matarazzi. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you got me on that one. But Maybe that I mean, one? But... I, would, I would struggle to find one that's more obvious. It was so bad. Most, yeah. So bad. Yeah. It was awful. All right, let's move. We'll make this list quickly. These are the meh teams. Sometimes they may be good, sometimes they may be shit. You never know. Bournemouth. Yeah, I mean, they were great. 
for a lot of the beginning of the season and lately they've been a little shit. They have been so, a little shit lately, yeah. And drawn three, lost two in their last five. Not very good. They're on their more shit end. Yeah. <laughs> Chelsea. Yeah, well, it's Chelsea. <laughs> Play fantastic against Man City. Probably the best I've seen them play. And then... They're still in 10th. Still in 10th. Then they lose to Wolves right before that. So, I mean... Right? You never know. I feel like if Pochettino could get his players to perform like they did against Man City, they could be a potential title contenders. Desasi played fantastic that game. Malagusto. Oh, Malagusto yeah. looked oh. fantastic. Ooh. Yeah, I've never seen anyone shut down Jeremy Doku like that. That was fantastic. Bro, Jeremy Doku's parents are calling the police. They cannot <laughs> find him. He is lost inside Malagusto's pocket right now. <laughs> He's a missing persons alert out there for him. <laughs> find him on the back of a milk jug. <laughs> <laughs> goodness yeah i mean you can't expect anything more than a, te- a hodgepodge team of youngsters put together i mean and I- i'll be honest enzo fernandez i mean before he the world cup good. did you did you see him play no? no it's because he only played like 16 games for benfica in his entire career before going to chelsea so he looked yeah. good in that man city game but but again they play well in that game and before that they lose the sometimes Spurs. maybe good sometimes maybe shit that's this group, man. Then we have yeah. Everton. Yeah, I know. They've only lost one in their last five, but the other four have been draws. <laughs> and they have, as of this recording, moved out of the relegation zone into 17th. And yep. Luton dropped in after their Luton's loss to Liverpool today. Or they lost 4-1. As of this recording, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Everton does have the benefit of a 10-goal advantage and goal differential. They're not very good right now, but at least they're getting points in a battle where every point matters. So, yes, that's why they get in the meh category. Meh. Let's move on to the good. All right. And a team that, you know, for most of this season, I probably would have not put them in this category. But since the turn of the year, uh, Manchester United have been on absolute fire. You know what it is? It's Rasmus, Rasmus, Rasmus scoring some goals, man. I know him and Bakayo Saka, six goals since the turn of the year. Six goals, five matches. Something to be said about that. He's actually getting service now, though. And so United, I will say they haven't been, I feel like, playing very well. If I'm going to be honest, you know, I expect Manchester United to play good football. Hasn't been the best. I mean, against Luton, they were probably not the best team. Luton probably deserved a draw, but they got to win. Yeah. I mean, these 2-1 wins over Luton, over Man United, or over Aston Villa, that 4-3 over Wolves, and then they did beat West Ham resoundedly because, again, West mm-hmm. Ham are in our shit list. Mm-hmm. But they're getting results. And Not only that, they have a positive goal difference for the first time ever since beating Wolves in the first game of the season. That's great. I'm glad you <laughs> found that stat. <laughs> And we'll, we'll chat about Ten Hag. I mean, he's obviously just deployed this team. They're a counterattacking team. Um, there's some new appointments coming into Manchester United by Sir Jim Ratcliffe. And we'll save that. We will save all that. Time. Give them some time. But it's looking promising. Yes, they're picking up some uh, 
some people from Newcastle, from Man City. So we'll see how it goes. Yes. But how about some of these youngsters, man, from Manchester United? I know. We talked about Hoyland. Awesome. But what about Garnacho? Kobe Mainu. I was going to leave him for last, but I'm talking about both of them. Kobe Mainu may be one of my favorite players to watch in the Premier League right now. He is so fun to watch. He's great defensively. He's nutmegging people like it's going out of style. I absolutely love it. Some of the goals he's scored recently. He looks like a man reborn, and he's still a kid. He's just a man born, man. He's not reborn. This is his, he's born right now. There's no he's reborn. He's turned into a man. <laughs> and then what's crazy is Ten Hag obviously trusts him more than Casemiro. Yeah. Casemiro against what? Luton gets a yellow card in the first half. He pulls him off. May knew who has a yellow card. You stay on, boy. You stay yeah. on. Well, the crazy thing is, too, is Casemiro's even said how promising of a future that Kobe Manu has because of how good he is right now. Yes. So that shows you that it's not unwarranted that Tanaga's faith in him, but it's more of, I think even Casemiro believes he's better than him right now. So good to see if you're a Man United fan. We're going to go through these next ones quickly. Brighton, they're a pretty good team. They win, they lose, they draw, they win, they win, they lose. I mean, consistency is their biggest issue, but man, do they play some lovely football and they just demolish Sheffield. They did. And we got Wolves. Hot damn, Gary O'Neill. You're on fire right now. Pedro Neto, healthy. They look lethal on the counter. And Huang Hee-Chan coming back from the Asian Cup. Cunha starting to finish. Lamina on fire. And Zhao Gomez starting to get some goals. Oh, scored a couple. Good. Yeah, they're looking good. And I'll let you take your favorite team in the Premier Luton, League. Luton, man. Right Luton. I feel like they outplayed Man United. I will say Man oh, United yeah. probably should have had a, a goal or two more, if not for Sambi Laconga with an amazing block to deny Bruno Fernandez. But, oh, man, Ross Barkley, this team. I, I love the way they play. Contrast to the other teams that came up in Burnley and Sheffield, Luton are a threat. Yeah, every time you, they get the ball. You think of the top teams that have gone to Kenilworth Road, the Arsenals, the Man Cities, the Uniteds, they look dangerous. These They are not getting blown out of the water from these teams. They are, they are in these games. They're in the relegation. They moved down into it after their loss at Anfield. I'm hoping they can... Uh, start to turn around here a little bit, get a couple results. It doesn't get much easier for them as they have Man City in the FA Cup and then they host Aston Villa. But then they play Palace, Bournemouth, uh, Forest. So those could be some potential points. Big big games for them. Big games for them. Let's move on to the fourth place spot. Yeah, let's do that. So currently we got Aston Villa, 49 points in fourth, Tottenham in fifth with 47 and United. 44 points in sixth. Can Villa keep that spot? Although they are looking like they can slip up. It does look like they could. It does. I've been very inconsistent of late. Pretty much win, loss, win, loss with the draw sprinkled in there. Tottenham, they keep flip-flopping with Villa. I know they do play March 10th, which is coming up right around the corner. Ooh, that'll be a good one. Yes. But it's also Tottenham Hotspur. Spurs being Spursy. That tends to happen. You never know what could happen. And then the final question I have for you on this fourth place spot. Could Manchester United actually pull it off? The form they're in right now, yes. I think they could. 
I mean, Waylon. they picked up Lord knows how many points on the rest of the on Tottenham and Aston Villa with their recent results. So, I, I, mean, I don't see why not. Let's put it this way. I mean, remember when we were, everyone was praising Tottenham? Oh, their fast start that they got off to and all this. <laughs> They're only three points above United. Yeah. There was a certain someone, too, that was saying, you know, wait till they get a couple injuries and we might see what they're really made of. Who, us? <laughs> you? I don't you, know. I don't know when this publishes I, I know which it, side you're going to be on, so. <laughs> someone said that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying it's Spurs. Give them time. All, All right. right. Now that we've gone through fourth, fifth, and sixth, let's get. To the title race. Because it's on, baby. It's on. It's on. Liverpool. Scaring attack, man. Most goals for... I mean, they got... He's begged six, four on... 63 Luton. goals for. Yeah. To Arsenal and City's 58. I know they have a game in hand. They scored four on Luton. But I, that's going to make a big difference come the end of the season. Yes. I mean, they got Nunez scoring some fantastic goals. Scored a beautiful chip here. I don't, I don't know how he pulled that off. I mean, <laughs> honest with you, it's like he took the most difficult route to score that goal. And I mean, the man misses sitters and makes fantastic goals. That's all. That's all. Yes. He does. Yes. They got Salah and Endo back from Asia and Africa cups. They haven't skipped a beat. They do have a couple injuries. Diego Jota, Trent, Curtis Jones. So, so, I mean, there's, yeah, there's Allison. a few others. But I'm just saying they're this good without them. Yeah. Imagine when they all come back. Because we have the rise of some of their youngsters. Connor Bradley, Gerald Kwanza. Oh, I mean, I'm just going to put in a quick note about Connor Bradley. I mean, the way he's playing when he's healthy, I don't know how Trent gets back into the defense. You have to put him in midfield. It's a tough one, right? right that is a tough right one. Back. And so, you got yeah. Harvey Elliott, man. He's an Energizer bunny. He's fucking everywhere. I don't understand it. And I feel like he got to give Liverpool almost the edge for this title race because they're in the Europa League. And you know, Klopp, he, I'm, I'm guessing he'll say F it, throw all the youngsters in Europa League and concentrate on the Prem. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think you're onto something, especially since their last game of the season, which is Jurgen Klopp's final game for Liverpool, is at home against Wolves. So as long as they're in contention to win, I mean, it's theirs to lose at this point because it is. they're in first. They just have to slip up. But if they can get to that match with Wolves, I don't think Wolves stand any chance in that match at all because you're going to have a raucous Anfield Klopp's last game. Oh, be yeah. Emotional. There's no way. But they're still fighting on all fronts. I mean, they got the Carabao Cup this weekend. The final, yeah. They Chelsea. have they have the FA Cup still. They're still fighting in the Europa League. It's a lot of games to play in a lot a little amount of time. I think with the injuries piling up, if it keeps happening and they don't get healthy, it could catch up to them. You'd see some tired legs. They'll drop some points where they shouldn't. But all they have to play right now for the rest of the season is Tottenham, Manchester City, and Man United at at Old Trafford. That that's pretty much it. As their the tough games. As their tough games. As where 
Arsenal has the toughest schedule because they still have to play City at the Etihad. They got to play Tottenham at London Stadium, Villa, Brighton, Man United, Newcastle, Chelsea, Wolves. They still have all these teams to play, whereas Liverpool does not. So it should be very interesting. We'll see, I think, this weekend we'll see a little bit of how Klopp's going to do things. I know it is a Carabao Cup, so it doesn't really mean a lot, but I think he'll try to do something as far as resting some players. All right, let's get on Let's get on to Arsenal, who are on fire since the new year. I mean, they got five wins, perfect with 21 goals scored, best defense in the league, only two against in those five games, which, by the way, is the most all-time for an opening five games of calendar year. You have players finding form, scoring goals. I mean, they put Trossard up front. All of a sudden, the interchangeable front three, and it works like magic. Martinelli, Saka with six in five. Odegaard on fire, and dare I say Kai Havertz? Doesn't look like a passenger for once. Actually contributing. And the way Arteta is using him, it looks like an absolute masterclass of usage for him. Yes. And then don't sleep on Jakob Kivior at left back either. As he's deputized for Zinchenko. I don't know how Zinchenko gets back into this squad once Yuri and Timber gets healthy with <laughs> one uh, either Kivior or him on the on the outside on left. And then Jorginho as a deep playmaker in big matches against the way he worked against Liverpool. Whoo. That three one win. Yeah, wonders. man. Yeah. Huge win against Liverpool at the Emirates. And then they're blowing teams out of the water. I mean, I said it earlier. I'm going to say it again. I was a little skeptical earlier, but I really think it is something now that Arteta made them play slower in the first half of the season to reserve their stamina for the end. Because once they went to Dubai for their midseason break, they are looking like a whole new team, looking like that attacking team we saw last season. Massive uptick in chances created in their last 10 matches. David Raya is looking like a springboard for counterattacks when he gets the ball. He's always looking to go he does. all he, the way forward. He's definitely getting almost some assists before the assists there. Yeah, he really is. And then when they played Liverpool, they made Liverpool. This is the Liverpool that is leading the league and has for a lot of the season look bang average. They gifted them a goal. They felt bad. <laughs> Gabrielle, I feel bad for you, Liverpool. Here, let me put up my own net. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, Arsenal has a chance. I predict them to do it. I'm going to stick with it. But it is Liverpool's to lose. We'll see. This Porto uh, performance is definitely... Well, you say Jurgen Klopp trying to save save people. The way they played, it was like the Arsenal of the first half of the season. But it was still that same lineup. Arteta put up the same lineup that he's been playing here the past few games. But they they came up short. We'll see how they do against Newcastle at the weekend because that'll that'll be a big game. But let's move on to Man City, man, who are actually playing catch up with the other, the rest of the league. I know, it's crazy. What's scary though is they have their whole team fit and KDB. (laughs) He looks better than I've ever seen him. It's it's scary. He's got that Jack Grealish haircut. It's crazy. He does. He does have that Jack Green. <laughs> we'll say they wait till he straps on the headband, and then it's game over. They looked a little suspect, at least the finishing wise, against, against Chelsea, Chelsea. Man, Erling Holland yeah. showing he's human. 
Did you know that he's missed more big chances this season than Darwin Nunez? Really? Yeah, 38 to 35. And that was before their game against Luton. I haven't actually added those stats in there, but. He didn't play, so there you go. Well, even better. My stats are correct. But man, it's their defense just is not. I mean, Kyle Walker just loves getting the ball cut in on him, huh? Isaac does it. Gordon does it. Sterling does it. They're just, oh, here, let me just cut back on Kyle Walker and put a curler in. You remember that famous, I think it was 1989, final game versus Liverpool versus Arsenal when Arsenal scores the final goal? Yeah. To win the title? Yeah. Remember that celebration? You see when Kyle Walker did that last week for giving up oh, a foul? He, <laughs> he was rolling. He looked like, guy looked like he was yeah, somehow, somehow his feet end up way above his head. I'm like, how? what is going on right now? <laughs> I, I don't get it. It's crazy. But, yeah, I mean, it's just maybe the center backs, all the center backs in defense aren't quite Clicking. the right move. I mean, that's what happens when you play three to four center backs a game. So, And one of them moves into midfield? I don't... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. But I will say Jeremy Doku's looking more and more dangerous with every game. Jack Grealish can't even buy minutes right now. And Bernardo Silva and Rodri are literally the epitome of consistency. Dude, Rodri is so good. Bernardo Silva too, man. It's like no matter what happens, the man still shows up and is amazing every single game. Has he ever had a bad game, Bernardo Silva? I, I mean, does Rodri ever had a bad game? <laughs> no. Not very often. Not that I can recall. When they Please get sent off, know. maybe that's the only time I can think of for Rodri. He got sent off here no. this season and missed a couple games. But, yeah, that's <laughs> that's about it. Oh, my goodness. But so, I got a question. I, I do. Okay. I, one final question. What will the magic points tally be at the end of the season that will win it? Oh, the magic points tally. And may I remind you, when Liverpool had 97 points, City had 98. So there is 39 points left to get. Liverpool, it's 36. For Liverpool, it's th- I think Liverpool could get a good 30 points. Okay. So you're saying 90? I think nine, I think 90 points would do it. Yeah, 90 points wins it. Well, let us know what you guys think. What is going to be the winning tally this season? Because we obviously don't know because we're speculating at this point. Could be anything between 80 points and 100. Well, I don't, I, maybe 100 is out of the question at this point. Yeah, it's out of the question. So let us know on our social medias, our Instagram, BruiseFC, our TikTok Bruce Banter FC, our Facebook page, our Facebook group. Make sure you join that if you can. Get check out our YouTube page. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, hit that notification bell so you can get all of our latest videos. Make sure to check out our Redbubble. Get our merch. It's pretty awesome. We got a bunch of it. Anything you want, including one of these bad boys. That's right. But get one next of these time, mugs. Get one of these mugs so that way you can do this. Till next time, my friends. Cheers. Cheers.